Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, and welcome to Nerd Explaining Podcast. I'm your host Eric Da Silva. With me, as always, is my co-host Jose Romero. How you doing, brother? Excited as always. Oh, dude, always. And it is one of the favorite episodes when we have a special guest on. But we'll get to him later. Keeping him on the sidelines for now. And because of, of who we're going to be talking to, this is going to be a heavy Marvel Disney news dump before we get to our special guest. And now, Jose, I know we got so much stuff to talk about, so why don't you give us those nerdy yeah, news nuggets? Lots of time, lots of little uh, nerdy nuggets. I'll ask you, do you want the nasty burnt nugget first or the nice, juicy, delicious nugget first? You know, give me the nasty burnt so I can enjoy, I can finish okay. on the juicy. Yeah, yeah you know? So let's yeah. go, and this is not nasty, but it's it's a kind of a negative story regarding Marvel. Okay. So apparently, Kevin Feige did an interview and they brought up the subject of, you know, WandaVision and what have you, and Do- the, the Doctor Strange came up. Okay. And a, a, the original plan, uh, I guess in the first script, one of the first scripts, he was actually supposed to show up in the end of the season. So we were all right. Everybody was correct. He should have right. showed up. Exactly. They made some changes after the fact. Aha. Uh-huh. So, and he was explaining why, which I, which we said it before, that if any character made sense... It's Doctor it Strange. Doctor Strange, right? Obviously, he's the you know the, the Sorcerer Supreme. Supreme and and low, not right? for nothing. A spoiler alert: if you haven't read House of M, but Doctor Strange helps save the world while trying to while stopping Wanda at the end of House of M. So he's there. There's precedent. It's part of comic book history. Exactly, it's part of the, the mythos of it. Uh, the yeah. story. It's in the comics anyway. So. You know, he talked about why they didn't include him, and he gave three reasons, okay. two of which are kind of legitimate, and the third one was kind of puzzling. So he, he stated that, for first reason was, and I'm paraphrasing for the most part, he didn't want to take away from one. Okay. He didn't want the, and, and combine the second reason, he didn't want the end of the show to be commoditized to go to the next movie. First of all, that's garbage, because that's what every Marvel movie Thank does, you. is commoditize to the Thank next, you. that's what an after credit scene is, and you're commoditizing for the next thing. Right. I mean, Marvel's built the universe by, you know, building upon each film, introducing characters or... And let's be honest, WandaVision did a whole lot of that, whether it be Monica Rambeau, who could have been eliminated from the show, but would have been the same. Absolutely. And the White Vision, that was all, that was all set up. Let's Absolutely. Right. And those setting up, which he told us that Wanda was going to be in the multiverse of madness. That's the whole reason people are excited to see right. Doctor Strange. So, yeah, so you're building up to that. It, it, it only makes sense to have him. So it was a strange, I guess, I, they don't want to take away from the story of Wanda. I, I can almost buy that. Right. I, buy it. I get it, but I don't get it. But then he says something that's kind of weird. And Kevin Feige, listen, he's the man, right? We all know that. Everybody makes mistakes. What are you going to do? Sure. And what he, what he said next was kind of puzzling. It's off because Kevin Feige, usually, he's a man that chooses his words wisely. Right. And he says, again, this is the, the quote here, uh, paraphrasing. He talks about how he didn't want people, they want to avoid people saying, oh, here's the white guy. Let me show you how power works. Ah. Which sounds odd because, and I hate the fact that we're talking about, you know, the, the pandering that goes on and all that, given the landscape and all that. But it's really, it's honestly, is was anybody really going to complain that Doctor Strange? No, I, I know, Nobody I know, I know lady nerds who are like, right. where's Doctor Strange? Exactly. Because you even mentioned the fact that she's now possibly stronger than Doctor Strange. What better way to remember movies? It's show, don't tell. If 
Doctor Strange shows up and she's like, no, and knocks him off. You're like, oh, damn. Like, this is, you're stronger than Doctor Strange now. Like, that that would have been great. You know, That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, there's nobody more to complain. Here's, I, I mean, people complain more that he was not in it. Right. I, I mean, no one, I mean, listen, diversity, that we, that's a whole different conversation. That's fine. But Marvel's built their heroes on white guys. Let's be real. Right? Nobody complains uh, that's about the history white of, right. Nobody, that's, yeah, right. Nobody complains about a white Captain America. Sure. Nobody complains about white. It's just what they do. You know, Bruce Banner's white, Blackwood. It is what it is. Fine. Right. I know they've, they've done better over the last few years with Black sure. Panther and Falcon and all that. Fine. Right. But just, for them to be concerned, for them not to have that as a concern, so now we're changing stories because we want to you know, pander to the the woke crowd or the canceled culture. See, I I disagree. I, I, I feel like I feel like he's trying to use that. Here's the thing about Marvel: they don't like to admit that there are problems behind the scenes. Like, remember when they made the big Phase Four announcements, and that was during the time that Sony had decided they're not gonna let Marvel work with Spider Man anymore. Right. So they released all these things, and you could tell like their announcements. It felt like it was cut off a bit and everyone's like you know it must be because you know, sony did this thing with spider-man and it took away from their other plans and they had to kind of shortchange what their announcements are going to be blah 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 i feel like because of the pandemic because of scheduling changes because they were caught unaware instead of just being honest with everybody going hey we wanted to get doctor strange we had plans for him but the scheduling shooting change with the pandemic it just made it impossible so you know we did the best that we could instead of just being like very humble and matter of fact about the circumstances. I think he tried to use the the wokeness as like a shield, going, "Well, people will just buy this." And, and perhaps and what he didn't realize is that every nerd, whether woke or not, or or PC or not, was like, "Well, that's dumb." Right. And and it's, it's a worst thing. Even if he, if he really believed that, let's assume he does. Right. Worst case scenario, he probably shouldn't have said it. Yeah. Right. He could have just left the like, Kamala Tyson thing and 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 let it be. And, and let it be. That's all. That's it. But Which of that, you're just adding fuel to the fire. Yeah, I feel like it's, so it's, it's like what, what Feige did in terms of WandaVision is what, I, what I've seen happen with like white people who have black friends and they try to be too relatable to black people. And they're like, right. nah, that's, that, <laughs> there's a line and you, did, you should just back up like three steps to get to that line because you don't belong here. Yes. And I feel like that's what happened. It was like he tried to be too cool. And two, like you know, this is what's gonna, this is this will hit with the millennials or some garbage like that, right. and and and, and, and and everyone across the board is like, no, sorry, like that's yeah. just stupid. I'm sure by now people would have voiced <laughs> this pleasure about Marvel keeping everything white. Well, Let's be real. Like, here's, would have done that. here's my question: by that logic, what Feige is saying is, hey, if Baron Mordo showed up, then that would have been cool because he would have been <laughs> not. Now it's a black guy showing up. Like, oh, that's cool. That's oh, cool. We're good. We're and, good. And if you remember, <laughs> I I told you. I would have actually liked it a little bit more if they didn't do Doctor Strange, but they revealed that the reason why Agatha had found Wanda is because she was on the run from Mordor, who was trying to kill her because it's on his quest that there's just too many wizards out there. That would have been dope. Like, if you want to bypass the another white guy shows up, bring Mordor into this. Well, so, yeah, those, those ways, I agree, ways around. I just, like I said, I, he misspoke. Whatever the reasons are, we're, we're not going to know, right? We can guess. At, the end, at the end of the day, he's probably, human. He never should have made that comment. He's valuable. He made a mistake. He made a mistake. It happens. And it, it happens. Was, and, I just hope that that's not the way they're really 
think. No, I, 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 you never know. Dima Disney, that's how they, it's possible. If we're all about equality and he took the, he got the mantle after the last Sorcerer Supreme, which was a woman. Like, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not like a, just a, a a title that's held by male patriarchy, blah, 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 blah. It's just a title. Anyone can have it. So because of that, I I feel like he doesn't think anybody would have complained. Honestly, I don't, maybe a few, but I think Feige tried to try to come off as sort of cool and hip. It's like a dad trying to be cool in front of his 12 year old <laughs> son and his friends. He's like, no, no, dad, uh, just back up. Go back inside the house. Exactly. It's just, it didn't work. But like, hey, listen. Go pay those bills. Don't just, try to be clever. Exactly. And that's it. It shows that no one's infallible. Even a great old oh, Kevin Feige, yeah. Who cares if Dr. Strange is white? I, mean, that's I, I really, I really don't care. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I don't think anybody was complaining about that. I don't know. I, I didn't hear any about that. It was weird. So, that being said, let's get to the good stuff. Some good right? stuff. Some good, good nerd good. stuff. This is a really cool, kind of a surprise because Marvel released a trailer. Which one are we talking about? The, the celebrating the movie. Ah, and, yes. And they gave a lot of footage and they pretty much released a slate for the next uh, three years, at least to 2023. It was really cool because it has Stanley voiceover. I got I got to admit, I got a little bit of the goosebumps when I heard Stanley talking. I was like, oh. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah I liked they, it a lot. They, they, they had some really good paraphrases that he had, what they put together, edited together, but it came out really, really great. Celebrating the movie experience and all that, which is fantastic because we're almost at that stage where back to normality. We're going back up. Yeah. Have you, you got, if you got, you got your second shot, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Second shot. Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm already fooled up too, man. So I'm, yeah, I'm, so I'm ready for this. It was a matter of time before things go full, you know. But that's again, but that's so Marvel's kind of setting that up, right? I mean, they didn't announce everything, but obviously, we kind of knew most of this stuff. Well, but, the Black you know, Panther title that was new. Well, there's a couple of new things, right? The, the Black, you know, Wakanda Forever was the title for Black Panther 2022, and the other one that really stood out was not Captain Marvel 2, is now it's uh, the Marvels, the Marvels, yeah, right, and that's yeah. 2022. So which is interesting, right? Because obviously we got Miss Marvel coming out later this year, uh, which it just finished wrapping produ- production, uh, All right. shooting anyway on Disney Plus. So obviously it's cool to see that she's going to be in that film. I would assume Monica Rambeau is also going to be. Yes, in that as well. she is. They announced that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So makes sense. And it, I don't know if I, I would take it as a slight on Captain Marvel. Like I think it's a double. I think they're what they're doing is we have the character Captain Marvel. Uh, Miss Marvel, the Disney Plus series, will go directly into this. And Monica Rambeau used to be Captain Marvel in the 80s and early 90s. So you have three characters all carrying the title in one way or the other of Marvel. So the Marvels. But at the same time, maybe it's admitting a little bit that Brie Larson's movie wasn't the best movie they had. So instead of like pot committing to Captain Marvel, people going, I saw the first one, I didn't like it. The Marvels, you're like, oh, all right, so let me check this out. Yeah, it was a good course correction, because you're right, that was to me one of the weakest of Marvel films, easily. Yeah. Um, So... I think they you know, read the tea leaves and like, all right, why don't we do this, right? We still, we still have Captain Marvel, but sure. now we're changing things up with the, the, the additions of the other two. So I will say, uh, the, hearing the Marvels reminded me of like when Shazam used to be called Captain Marvel. Right, when, yeah. when, when all his other like family members got the, uh, the, the, the Shazam powers, they were called the Marvel family. Marvel so family, yeah. so to hear the Marvels, I was like, oh man, this is sort of like, like hey DC, remember when you had the title to this? Yeah, <laughs> you got nothing. I'm begging your girlfriend. That's what I felt like a little bit. I felt it was like a little bit of like a weird kind of like dig by Marvel going DC. You had this, you lost it. Now you're going to Shazam and nothing else. Take the name. Take advantage of the name. That's it. So, so, that's, so that was interesting. You sure. Know, obviously, listen, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternal Spider-Man this year, Doctor Strange, Thor, Black Panther, the Marvels. Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Yeah. Guardians, Ant-Man, 2023. Yeah. Uh, 
They got a tease, Fantastic Four. They, they show the logo, but no, right. no date, no uh, uh, supplemental right, title. But, that's gonna be it, you know. So just I, I doubt at this point because something will have to start filming soon. Because even like Blade, which starts filming, and nothing. There was no, there was no Blade right, mention yeah, whatsoever. It, well, they, there was the, the delays because they, 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 those script issues. They made a, they, they made a nice little picture saying, "Well, we're gonna work on this script," and in other words, the script wasn't good, which is fine. So they're reworking that, so they caught some delays on that. So that probably looks like 2024. As it is, it was supposed to start shooting already, so now it's gonna get delayed to late this year. Okay. Uh, which means about a year in your post and filming. So filming next year, I'm sorry, in July. So after it's all said and done, I doubt it. Did they get a director for that already? They haven't announced that yet. That's what I'm saying. They're far behind on that because the script's not ready. This is not ready, and and they and they said it nicely. Right. But when they say, oh, we we'll make some changes, it means the script sucked and they're trying to make it better, which is great. Hey, listen. Yeah, man. take your time. No, take your time. no, no rush. You have so many movies now because you're backlogged a year that you exactly. really have no rush. You got plenty of stuff coming out. Don't exactly. worry about you it. Know what? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Don't worry about it. I get it. So I play a little game called Gun to Your Head. So okay. Gun to Your Head, you can own out of the whole lineup that that's been, was announced officially. You only see three movies. Pick three. Oof. Okay. Out of all the ones that was announced? The ones that were announced that officially, you know, they're oh, like, man. three years. Okay. Only three. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. You just okay. got to. Like, that it, was one of my choices. That, that was just one. Like, because we thought we weren't going to get the full experience again, you got to pot commit. That's where you got to go. So, absolutely. That. I'm with you there. Spider-Man, because I'm already pot committed from the first wow. two. I want to see what, you know, you heard of Alfred Molina's coming back and Jimmy Fox, and there's rumors that they got Willem Dafoe to come back as Green Goblin. Like, it is the Flash movie for Marvel. For Marvel, right. So I, I want to see that. There's too much goodies that I have a lot of emotional, sentimental um, member berries committed to that I'm like, oh, man, I remember all this, but it's it's good now. Or, you know, well, I mean, Molina was great, but, like, you know what, Jimmy Fox. Third one. Oh, man. I love kung fu movies. I When I first started doing stand-up, one of my first jokes was about old school 70s kung fu movies because i love those fantastic four looks like it's especially with fantastic the director four wasn't officially released so okay so if fantastic four is off the off the board okay the board, yeah. I, not, that's not official we know it's coming but it's not that's not happening officially in that case well you know what then you save me a lot of time i'll i'll defer to black panther and, wow. yeah and i'll tell you why it's because i love to watch superhero tv shows because i like to see how they work around superpowers with a budget you know, so I'm always like, to me, that that's nerdy fun. Like, like one of my favorite things was, you remember the, the TV show Heroes on NBC? Yeah. The first season, which was good. First Everything season, else was garbage, yeah, right? Yeah, was uh, there was a there was a there was a moment where they had uh, Sky Siler, the dude who who play eventually plays Sylvester Stallone's kid. They were about to have like a big fight, and when they went to fight, the doors closed all around them. So you, between the cracks of the door, you saw like lights flashing. You heard like things rumbling, and I laughed the whole time. I go, "That's a great way to shortcut actually showing the fight. You just show lights and like people reacting to things being blown up inside the room." And I was like, "That's a cool little cheat," <laughs> and I thought it was really, really clever in, in a fun, silly way. So I love seeing that. I love seeing cheats for special effects. So because of that, because Chadwick Boseman. Is, is now no longer with us. I want to see what Ryan Cougar, who I believe is not only a fantastic story writer, but also a fantastic director, how is he going to make this work? And the challenges of what he's got to work with now, I find that immensely interesting. So that's why I want to see that. 
fair enough. I mean, I was. What, what was your three, by the way? Guardians is one. Thor was my second. Okay. I, I just I love that movie. Uh, it's great. No, you're right. With Titi coming back, mm-hmm. I just cannot see that movie. The other one I was torn between Shang Chi because of the kung fu element and the Eternals. I eventually went with the Eternals because I can see stuff like Shang Chi and other shows. To sure. Some degree. The Eternals something looks like different, unique, and I want to see what and I, and I know the least about that. Yes. And, and see you know what? I to the table. it was a tie between Thor and Black Panther. But I went with Black Panther only because I feel like Thor. I kind of already know it's going to be great because they have everything at their disposal. But with Black Panther, they're working at a deficit, so I want to see the challenge. Fair enough. So, yeah, but listen, well, aside from the Ant Man, I'm excited from, about most of them. Yeah. Anyway, even Ant Man, I'm excited yeah. about because I've heard rumors yeah. that it's going to be there's there's going to be not only is a uh, the dude from from a. Uh, from Lovecraft Country, going to play Kang the Conqueror, right. in it. Which, but I also heard this. Interesting. I also heard uh, maybe Modok is going to be like uh, the second or main big bad. So, and I love Modok because he's just a, you know, if you're a comic book person, he's literally the most comic book idea that you would think this will never be a thing. And now there's like a Modok TV series coming out on Hulu, being voiced by Patton Oswalt. And now, if, if they can make the live action version of that, I'm like, I want to see you make a giant head in a floating chair designed only for killing fun. Oh, so, for thinking, I, you're so not going to get that. I, you don't know. It's, you don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be fine. I, I'm not hating. I'm just I'm not excited about it. That's all. I, I, listen, I, like, I like the Ant Man's. They're fine. They're good. Because of of the of the funny that the Ant Man level has, I think they can do a really fun Modok as well. And if you, if you get a chance, if you've Hulu, ch- you know, I think uh, you know, check out the the Pat Anzo show when it comes out because no, yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's going to be a really good primer, and I think that's why they put the show out is because it's going to be a primer for Ant-Man 3. So there's a little bit of like the pop culture uh, zeitgeist of people going, oh, I've seen this before. And then you get to see that and you're like, oh, that was totally different and awesome. And you get to see that. I mean, if the show's successful, uh, I mean, I've heard rumors that that they're thinking about getting Jim Carrey to be MODOK in in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I hope they give it to Pat Pat Oswalt because he's already doing the TV show. Just get him on there as well. I mean, Pat Oswalt is such a huge nerd and he's been on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and now he's on this. You keep putting him tangentially around the Marvel Universe. <laughs> Give the dude his due for crying out loud. His no Parks and Rec like dissertation of what he would make the, the Marvel Star Wars Universe combine together. Like The man has put in the work. He's put in the time. He's clearly committed Give him a spot. Well, can I fight your man a lot because he's white? So, but, you know. Ah! Hello. Dang it! <laughs> but speaking of white superheroes, All right. on to the next sure. one. Sure. Right another white superhero since we've been talking about it so much. Sony slash Marvel. Whatever. Right. Uh, it's really Sony, but it's a Marvel property. They finally dropped the trailer for Venom. There will be carnage. There will be carnage. There will be blood. They killed my boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting trailer, man. I, I honestly don't know how I feel about this. It was just such a really? weird. Really? Uh, first of all, let uh, me ask you this question. Did you like the first Venom movie? The first one was okay. I wasn't yeah, a big fan. I also it was, it was, feel... It was just- it was okay. The the part that I liked the most was actually the interplay between Venom and Tom Hardy. I, I thought that was unique and interesting. Was so I was like, okay, I, I like this. And I feel that with this movie having so much CG, the first thing they that caught my attention is when they announced that that uh, Andy Serkis was directing the movie. And of course, he's right. Gollum. He was a uh, Ulysses Claw on Black Panther. Uh, he was King Kong. <laughs> the man knows motion capture acting like it's no business the man knows the major yeah he he knows major hollywood productions like it's nobody's busy he's so to bring his skill set and go okay 
I'm going to teach Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy how to be a better motion capture Venom, and I'm going to work with Woody Harrelson and teach him how to be a, a really good motion capture a Carnage. And to bring that skill set to such a heavy CG character movie, I think was one of the smartest choices Sony has done since selling the rights to the movies to Netflix and Disney+. Plus. I mean, it is right. a brilliant, brilliant move. In terms of the trailer, I love the silliness of their sort of like work relationship they have. You know what it kind of reminded me a little bit that that beginning scene where they're cooking breakfast was sort of like Little Shop of Horrors. You know, with all the tentacles kind of doing stuff around and everything like that. And he's singing along, the Venom is singing along. And then the switch into sort of like the Woody Harrelson, Cletus Cassidy is the character of Carnage, sort of like interjecting himself in, into their world. I like the fact that you see Carnage as, you know, uh, in the comic books, Venom is this hulking, huge monster like he did in the first movie, but Venom is actually very slender, and his tentacles are all these weapons, and to see that presented, even though they kind of made like a little CG cheat by making it a night with the light source behind them, so you don't get to see too much, you still right. got to see enough to go, this looks cool, I, I like this, and it, lo it looks like they're making Woody Harrelson the appropriate level of crazy that Carnage needs to be. Like, Carnage, to me is what the Joker is without the plan on top of a plan on top of a plan. It's just crazy for the sake of making people feel scared. And I like that aspect of it. And I feel like they, they that Woody Harrelson has a really interesting take on how to make that happen. I mean, the guy was in uh, Natural Born Killer, so he knows how to Listen, play. I love Woody Harrelson. He's great. Um, they gave him better hair too, so I'm. I, I feel like well, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of things in there letting you know that they they <laughs> they've made those adjustments. So if you kind of liked Venom, you're gonna like Venom too. And if the people who really like Venom and they're out there, they're weird. They're weird, but they're out there. Now you can get to see an even better like the people who like Venom. I'm pretty sure the same people who liked Mortal Kombat the movie. Uh, I feel like there's a very good correlation between the two. Now I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'll see this in a theater. Like I enjoy the trailer enough that. It made me go, maybe I'll spend the $15 to be in a room with people who don't believe the vaccine work. Yeah, maybe that's what happened. Yeah, and so, like the first Venom. There's um, <laughs> <laughs> people going, oh man, if this is anything like the first one, it's going to be awesome. I'm leaving right now. I'm leaving right now. Bring out the Oscar. So, let's see. Last topic before sure. we uh, bring on guest on with us here. Yes, yes. Disney Plus. Of course, right. We, we talk, we've been talking about this for a few weeks. Finally released The Bad Batch. Yeah. With you in its premiere hour and change episode. Uh, I dropped the second episode as well, which is part of the usual 20, 25 minutes. Sure. I mean, if so, combined, it's like almost an hour and a half. That's practically like a made-for-TV movie. Uh, right, time right, right there. exactly, if you want to combine. But yeah, so, you know, I'll start with you, Eric. And what, you first episodes, keep it spoiler-free for those next I, few seconds. I'll tell you this. Uh, my my uh, my barometer for Star Wars at this point in my life is, do my kids like it? Because I, I like Star Wars, but I'm, I feel like I've, I've been hurt a lot of times. I'm a little bit too hard on sure. it sometimes. But my kids never liked Star Wars until, like, The Mandalorian series. Mm -hmm. So I'm like... Where's it gonna go? And so I'm watching it with my kids, and they're they're kind of digging the the action sequence up front. But there's the scene when they're training, and Wolf throws a knife, and Crosshair shoots the knife, and the knife bl the blast hits the knife in midair and ricochets and goes right. into the robot's face. And my son's like, "Yo, rewind that right now!" And I was like, "Okay, this show's awesome because." He, if that, if it got him that excited that he wants to see the whole sequence again, I'm in. And you know, I really enjoyed the series. I thought it was a lot of fun. There's allusions to 
to Cade, uh, Cade uh, from from Star Wars Rebels. He's the the pa the Padawan that escapes, even though they kind of change his origin a little bit. You know, you could always say from a certain point of view. So you know that explains it there. But I love the fact that one of them uh, did not. Uh, was still susceptible to the Order sixty six and right, the broke away everything uh, exactly and but and, uh, you have this Omega character which I believe Omega is a cross between uh, Django Fett maybe not Palpatine but maybe Metachlorians and I feel like she's gonna be revealed to be like force sensitive maybe not enough to be a Jedi but having like a almost like what's that the the blind dude from Rogue One you know talking about that monk character. Uh, oh, with uh, Forrest Whitaker? Now, Forrest Whitaker, the oh, monk I'm character. Sorry. God, uh, what's his name? Uh, Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen, right. When he's like, the I am one with the force of forces with, with me. Force, like, yeah. I feel like it's going to be what one of those, th it was one of those things where she's like connected to the force and that's why, that's her deviation from the Django Fett cloning. Plus, she's female. Uh, which uh, apparently is the biggest deviance <laughs> of, uh, of all the clothes. Like, this one's a girl? I mean, she's supposed to have a penis, guys. This is clearly a mess up. Who did this? Tom, was it you? You messed up with the cloning, Tom. You're fired. <laughs> so, but like, uh, I love the fact that you said you, you saw uh, Admiral Tarkin before it became a Grand Moff. I, I, there yeah. was so many cool things about starting it at the tail end of episode three. And seeing the the world become different, like right before their eyes, and like I said, at the end of the series, I don't know about you, but I, I think I called it. It felt like it was going to be the Star Wars version of the Eighteen. Yeah, you're right. It's it's basically what it is. Right? Yeah, and and they go they're going to, to planet to planet, kind of getting an adventures. Like the second episode when they brought back the, that that one clone that deserted everyone yeah. in the Clone Wars, and he and mind you. This is the part that I got super excited, and and, and my kids didn't notice because they're they're kids and they're dumb. Um, <laughs> is when is when the the pacifist clone mentions that Rex was just there a few days ago, and if you saw the end of the original Clone Wars, Rex is with Ahsoka, so they are connecting stuff that's going to lead back into the Mandalorian, anyways, going to lead into Return of the Jedi, and it's just he's like I this is remember we talked talked about last episode about showing. Luke's hand in in the same kind of cloning tubes that eventually they're going to create Snoke in. And we're talking about mm -hmm. where do you leave Easter eggs more efficiently in books and comics or movies? This was a great way to leave an Easter egg by showing the connective tissue by going, oh, Rex was just here a few days ago. You don't have to make a big hubbub about it. I got excited because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a geek, but like the fact that they're establishing like the world is there and even though you don't know everything things are happening and they're so all connected i got excited about that so if i had to give a rating from like one to ten i give the first two episodes together because i feel like it was a, co a cohesive story because the second episode establishes that omega belongs with the, with the bad batch she's part of them she's part of the responsibility uh she brings something to the team that they may not even realize it yet she and because I give it like a I give it like an eight point five. I give the both two series wow. the way I I get uh, I feel is on par with like Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's fun. Wow. It's interesting. There's a lot of progression and connectivity between the universe. Uh, I I the crazy thing I heard is that uh, this series is is going to be thirteen episodes long. Yeah, I think fourteen. Yeah, but I mean, obviously going to be short episodes, twenty five. Well, I mean, that still counts. Well, that counts, but just about 14 episodes. Yeah, overall, first two episodes, 8.5. Um, really interesting. Uh, a lot of uh, more on the on the action 
packed side than like the darker tense side of things like the mandalorian has been or like the last season of like the clone wars was it's much more swashbuckly but i enjoyed that i like that there's still a place to star wars to to be uh fun and dangerous at the same time so i, I liked it a lot yeah april five how about you I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I, I'm a rating up front. I'd probably say I'll separate the episode. Okay. The first episode, that's a good eight. It was a fun episode. It was a good introduction. A little long, but right. not a big deal. There could have been a solid 16 minutes. But either way, I mean, I like the, the, just the bad batch up front, right? Yeah. Those, all of the episodes in Clone Wars the last season with them in it weren't great. They were cool. They were cool, right? But that they, they cool, made right. the they made the show those episodes great. It's because it was really about them and not the show right, itself. Exactly. It was just kind of off to happen. But right. either way. Um, the second episode was was fine. It, it kind of took a step down for me. I'll, I'll say a six in the second episode. It wasn't terrible, but I mean, I, I gotta see more of the, episode, of the show to see. See to me, connectivity. I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm, it's, I mean, I compare it directly to the first one. The first one is, just has so much more to it. I well, to see the second one, like, eh, okay. You know, like, if it would have been a week later. I mean, maybe I would have it was like half a week later. So it's kind of, but to me, I, I actually liked it because it showed you how hard the empire has clamped down on the world they know. That part was cool. Like the whole and thing. I love that. that like cool. where you're, yeah. you're yeah. kind of seeing the, the more the nitty grittiness of like yeah. how the empire is like locking shit down. So to me, I thought that was really cool. So I took everything. That's why I took the whole thing together because you're seeing the world change. But it was good. Like this overall, it's solid. Like, and I enjoy. And I, I told people this: if you like Clone Wars, you're gonna end up liking this show. Ab- absolutely. It's you know, a, it's an issue it's, with Clone Wars in any stretch. This is that. This is maybe a, not a, for you. A spinoff of it, exactly. Yeah, but ultimately. like some of the stuff that you saw with the original trailers, like with Fennec Shen gonna show up as well. Like there's, the, if you like the Mandalorian, if you love anything Dave Filoni has done, you're gonna dig this. Uh, Jose, is that the uh, end of our nerdy news and nuggets for today? Is, uh, the nuggets for today. Oh, awesome! Now, guys, uh, to keep in the realm of the Marvel Disney Plus, we have a very special guest for you guys here today. So, with no further ado, let me start introducing our special guest for this week. Today's special guest is a is a friend of ours. He's an, a very talented artist. He's worked uh, with many different companies from Marvel to to Pixar. Welcome, Omar San Cristobal. Omar, say hi to the people. What's up, everybody? Oh, there you go. Look at that excitement in his voice. You could tell he. Yeah, yeah. He could tell he's wanted to be here because I pulled some favorites and have some photos that he doesn't want exposed. So <laughs> thank you for coming out here, man. Uh, oh no, Omar is a, is a is a good friend of mine. We've known each other for several years, and he's probably one of the most talented uh, artists I know. As the fact that you've worked with so many different companies and everything like that. So thanks for being on the show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. My pleasure. I know we we go back, you know, sometimes. So yeah, yeah it's, you know, not a problem at all. I appreciate it, man. And I, I feel that. Pain. I know how it is to know every yeah. time. It's not easy. I get it. I try to. I try to escape every once in a while. I, I know. Hey, you know, he, I'm with he, you. He hunts me down somehow. You know, I just I don't know. <laughs> Now, Omar, you uh, originally started just doing comic book art, right? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. I mean, early on, you know, as a kid, like, pretty much everyone draws, right? Right. Just as far back as I can remember, I've always kind of had a, you know, a pencil in my hand, and, you know, wherever I could find a spot in, in my in my house, you know, I'd sit down, lay down, wherever, and just kind of draw. And, uh, you know, one of the oldest sort of memories that I have is uh, I remember when I went to my I went to the store with my parents and there was this uh, X-Men um, magazine <clears throat> and I remember getting it and taking it home and just I started like copying all the drawings that, that were in there it was just you know and it wasn't so much about the drawing itself it was the characters that kind of really drew me in as well just like uh-huh. the designs and everything so yeah I, I just first started like just copying like all the drawings in there and and then you know I got 
got to a point where I just sort of put the the uh, the books to the side and then just started to try to develop like my own you know skill set and just kind of build that up and get better and better and better. So comic books you know have always been like a like a. Huge Do you remember sort of what was the artist on that X Men book that you got? That was the first one. Like I was like, oh man, look at what this guy's doing. No man, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it was one. No, it was one of those. It was one of those magazines where it's it wasn't like a like a regularly published magazine you know based on like a specific artist or story or anything it was just like it might have even been like one of those like coloring books or something um but the oh, art wow. was still pretty cool yeah the, the art was still pretty cool um but i don't think he was like a huge like comic book like well-known like artist or anything in, in terms of like the you know the marvel universe or anything like arthur adams or, or anything like that well, right i think it was just um somebody was kind of putting something together speaking of which what was the first artist that you, you got to learn by name that goes oh man this guy is doing this book i, I gotta get it like what was that first yeah, artist that, yeah just yeah just like i mentioned arthur adams was probably like one of those huge like influences on me um, yeah for sure for sure I, I think he had like this this style that just i mean nobody else had right ahead it was almost like a mixture of like animation like he had a very animated look really stylized and i just love the way that he kind of pushed like the proportions and and just his whole like design sense he like he kind of set to me he set himself apart from from a lot of the other artists um but i mean i i could go on and on about a bunch of different artists back sure. in like the 90s and stuff like sylvestri that's another yeah. huge one for so Good. Of course, you know, the Jim Lee was like, you know, huge with it. Right. Pretty much for everybody. You but know, yeah, what, I think Arthur Adams would probably be one of those. When you were bringing up Arthur Adams, every time I bring up someone talks about Arthur Adams, there's two pieces that automatically pop in my head. And the first one is the one that he drew where it's Wolverine in the orange and brown costume. And he's crouched down with his arms popped out and he's got a smile on his face. Like he's about to truck you with those claws, but he's really happy about doing it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's that's such a great piece. And the other one I always think is like he did a piece of like of the thing from the Fantastic Four fighting the mm -hmm. Hulk. And it's in just so many different versions. He did it with the gray Hulk and and like yeah. uh, and everything else. But like just that classic like uh, angry Hulk versus versus the thing fighting. Like, mm -hmm. Those two pieces always pop in my head. So yeah, you're that yeah. guy is is a, a legend. So that's yeah that's yeah he, he kills it. He kills it with every character, man. It's like he he brings a like a really nice sort of like dynamic to each character. Um, definitely and, on the top of my list. And then from there you went to you went to an art school, right? Yeah. So um, in high school. Um, you know, I was heavy into drawing all the time. Uh, so there was kind of like a, a, there were a few different things that I kind of sort of leaned on. It was art, you know, obviously drawing all the time. Uh, I loved playing basketball. Basketball was another huge sort of like part of my life as well. But, uh, you know, when high school came around, I was getting ready to graduate. You know, I had to start narrowing these things down. I was like, well, okay, I'm not going to be an NBA star, right? It's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting too late here. <laughs> this is, this, there's, there's a lot of competition out there, you know, and I was like, well, you know what? I started thinking to myself, I'm like, what's going to make me happy? You know, what, what can I kind of do for the rest of my life that, that's not gonna, you know, cause me to break my knees and 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 obviously, you know, you start developing arthritis and all this. I was like, so basketball's <laughs> not gonna happen. Um, I was like, yeah, let's let's do the art thing. Um, you know, it, it's when everything else sort of like fell apart. You know, art was was always there, drawing. So yeah, so then I started looking into uh, different schools. Finally decided on uh, art institute um, in Fort Lauderdale. So, uh, yeah, nice. So and then from uh, from comic books uh, and art and, and and art design from there, you eventually made uh, you started dabbling with like three uh, D graphics and uh, and animation. 
Uh, eventually, you know, you you worked at a couple of places, uh, a couple of different animation houses. I think uh, that if I'm not mistaken, your first big on movie project that you got to do, it was the first Avengers movie, right? First Avengers, yeah, yeah. That was when I started working at uh, ILM, uh, Industrial Light and Magic, and yeah, that was like one of the first projects that I started working on there. There were like a few different ones kind of going on at the same time, but uh, that was the one that I officially got like my first on-screen credit at the end. So, Which I saw, yeah, yeah. and I, I took a photo of it, and I, I Twittered, I Twittered <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So, yeah, so I was super excited for you. But that's awesome, especially you being a Marvel fan. I have to be a, a huge, yeah. like, high yeah. on that one. Yeah, like, that's, thanks, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was fun. To... And and then uh, you know you you bounced around a little bit, worked for some different places, and like uh, mm -hmm. VR video game company, and now you're at Pixar, right? right which right. is yeah, super so... cool. And I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I love Pixar. I just love Pixar. I, 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 well, Jose, first you got to be talented. That's why you're not there. So. Oh, obviously, which I get no reason to be jealous. There we go. <laughs> what can I tell you? <laughs> and I, I know I know you're working on a bunch of stuff, but you, the first movie that you worked on is coming out soon, and that's called Luca, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. So so that, that'll be out uh, in the summer, Disney Plus. If I'm not mistaken, when I was looking at some of the screenshots, they released some of the stills, it almost looks a little like like clay animation-y a little bit in front. Is that, is that I mean, uh, it, it gives a little bit of that, that appeal in it, yeah. When right. you look at the uh, the frame um, for the- Just the the, some of the stuff they put out there. Out. Right, yeah, exactly, it just came out. Yeah. And, I thought, and I thought it was really interesting because I've never seen anything like that from Pixar. So I thought it was so mm -hmm. cool that you got to work on something that's very much not in the regular Pixar wheelhouse. Yeah. So that, that was really cool, man. So congratulations on that. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it, d it definitely has a, sort of a, a tangible sort of feel to it um, when you look at the characters and, and just the way that they did the environments and stuff. Um, well, I look forward to yeah. seeing them. Yeah, it's, That's it's pretty beautiful, awesome. man. I think you guys are going to... I think everyone's really going to be, you know, cool. really fall in love with the movie. It's going to be a fun Are awesome. you able to tell us a little bit about the movie as far as what it's about? Or? Yeah, it, a, a little bit. Um, yeah, just, what, just so what, they, what they've announced. I don't want to get you in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right. Just yeah. whatever um, you can exactly. Yeah, what they kind of put out, um, which has been sort of like released to the public already, but it's basically two friends, that, or actually I should say these two guys that become friends and uh, they want to explore what it is. Uh, to be in this little Italian town. And w what's already been kind of mentioned is that they're sea creatures um, huh. that, that kind of transform. So they explore this little town that's near to, you know, near where they live. And, and they start getting into, you know, these different little sort of like, they get into some shenanigans. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a fun movie. A lot, a lot of fun little things that happen in between. So are they writing Vespas all the time? Possibly, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was a spoiler, but like Vespa's. Oh, watch out, guys! <laughs> it's really Italian. <laughs> that's that's awesome, man. Never know. That's true. Never know. Well, I, I can't I can't wait to see it. No, but, yeah, I'm excited, man. I like Soul. The last one that came out it was a really good movie. Yeah. Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, Soul was, was really well done. Uh, really well done. That, yeah, I was I was actually uh, I Soul was nothing what I expected it to be when I was watching it. I was yeah. like, this is a, it, it caught me totally by surprise. And I actually I'm a, I'm a big jazz music fan, so the fact that it leaned so heavy into jazz, like in terms of like setting the tone and find so like finding your passions and all that, I thought that was like really surprising and unexpected especially when they added like the the whole like reason for living so, uh, uh, mm -hmm. totally tall off guard and even the way the those uh, uh entities were looked like doodles like that was one of the coolest looks for that i've seen for like oh yeah 
yeah i thought it was really really cool and interesting so yeah, yeah like so the I, counselors the yeah counselors yeah. And, yeah yeah all yeah. that was so cool i was like this is this is great so i'm looking forward to seeing what what luca looks like and that'll be coming out summer the reason why we're here today is because like we talked about is that uh we're going to explain marvel like what is it about marvel that we like uh, for instance comics and you know how it affects the the tv shows and the, and the movies and the toys like the, just the appeal and the uh, designs and everything and we'll kind of go into to that and omar we talked a little bit about what you got into it which is like when you first got that that uh, x-men magazine slash coloring book and it got you inspired and you know kind of kicked off your your draw um what was the uh, the first title that you were like i want to start collecting this title oh uh x-men yeah 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 no no question um do you remember the first issue that you got like that was that what that, uh, that starter issue like this is the one i don't know that it was a specific one you know i have like kind of different ones that sort of pop up in my head like when i think about the covers when i was probably around i'd say maybe around 10 11 or so and i remember this vividly there there were uh couple guys that lived in my neighborhood that were pretty big collectors already and they were they were a little bit older they were probably like three maybe four years older than i was at the time and actually they were the ones that kind of got me into comics originally huh. um yeah and and it wasn't there, there was one guy that i hung around a little bit more than the other right but they both collected and i remember the first time i went over to the guy's house and uh just to hang out and the dude showed me his his collect his comic collection it was like <laughs> And he was a lonely child. He was right. a lonely child. So it was, yeah, he, I mean, you could just imagine, you know, his mom got him everything pretty much. Wait, was, I, I was he a lonely was... child or an only child? I can't <laughs> probably, tell. Probably, probably both. <laughs> probably both. Probably, yeah, yeah, both. Yeah. Probably both. <laughs> yeah, I think the guy had like, I don't know, maybe eight or nine of those like full, like the long boxes. Oh, yeah. Like, just full of comics. Nice. Um, and yeah, the guy was just like stacked with the, um, with x-men and i remember like just kind of flipping through some of the ones that he had and and i think some of the earlier probably like two like the earlier 200s were the ones that kind of really got me hooked right um there was i think it was x uh uncanny x-men like, i think it was maybe 213 if i'm not mistaken is that the one with the cover uh... of uh with saber two let me say yeah oh shit <laughs> yeah man, man it... yeah. dang man yeah yeah that, that was that was probably one of them for sure that was a um, that was that, a crazy ep issue. So I know that yeah. like it must have been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And that cover, man, that cover, I just I remember that cover vividly, and it's like that was definitely one of them. Um, and then there was another one where, and I can't remember the issue. I think it might have been like two, maybe like around two forty two or something like that. Uh, and the cover has um, Wolverine and Rogue hanging upside down, where they got the uh, they had the and I can't remember the the name. It wasn't the Marauders. Uh, I can't remember the actual issue of what it was about, but uh, these guys, they have uh, Wolverine and Rogue kind of hanging from, like, these wooden planks, and they're tied up. Um, and I was like, man, that, that's super cool. And I think that was a Sylvester one as well. Oh, I think I, I think your 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 number count is off. And let me just show you how much of a bigger nerd I am than you, and it's probably explain oh, why, sure why, why, why I'm doing this podcast and you're working for Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> so your issue is number 251, where they're hanging uh, Wolverine off like a, a cross in the shape of an X. Right? No, no, that's not it. That's not it. No, I, I know which one you're talking about. It's okay. Like a blue, kind of like yeah. a bluish cover. It's a bluish cover with Sylvester. No, no, not that one. Um, I got, I got yeah, a... it's, it's, it's got Rogue and uh -huh. Wolverine on the cover. Hanging upside both. down. I got to try yeah, to find that one. But the the issue number you said, which is two forty two, 
the reason why I I knew that what that one is is that's actually uh, my cousin got me into comic books because he had his whole secret stash, and when I got sick, he let me read some of the the books that kind of helped me pass the time. And the first issue he ever showed me was X Men two forty two. It was part of the Inferno crossover, and it uh, it had like uh, the original five X Men on the bottom. It's all Silvestri. And it had the original five X Men at the bottom, like rushing towards you, like the reader. And on the top, it was like Wolverine, Havoc, and Storm. But they looked all like crazy demonized because of the Inferno event. And when you flip the page, the very first page is a splash page of just Wolverine and Jean Grey making out hard. Like they're trying to get each other's faces <laughs> pregnant. They just smush. And, I, and I'm like nine. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it's making my waist tingle and I want to know more. And I. Flip the page over, and it's a double-page spread of all the X-Men and X-Factor in in New York City in Central Park during the Inferno event. So everyone is like, they all look like like heavy metal, like punk rock star versions of like what yeah. the X-Men would look like. And then, you know, as soon as you flip the page again, Cyclops is zapping Wolverine with his optic blast going, get your hands off my wife, and Wolverine pops the claws. And at that time... I was so new to comics, I didn't know Wolverine's claws popped in and out. I thought he shot blades out of his fists. That's what I thought his power was. I was like, oh my God. And then, you know, it, it was Archangel with the metal wing. And it was yeah. incredible. I was like, this, that's the one that hooked me on. Because I read some DC stuff at the time. And I was mm-hmm. kind of started getting into Batman a little bit. But as soon as I read that X-Men book, I was like, nope, this is it. This is what I'm reading from now on. Anything in this world, I'm all game for it. Now, Jose, you did not get into Marvel via comic books, right? No, no. My uh, real taste for Marvel came because of the movies, particularly the MCU. Which which uh, is kind of, which is fun. Yeah, so more of a casual, uh, was a casual. I mean, I knew, I had a lot of friends who were into comic books. Mm-hmm. And so I was aware of, you know, some of the lower end heroes, like an Iron Man was before he came out of movies. I know who he was and Daredevil and et cetera, et cetera. The, the lesser known heroes. Sure. I knew, I knew some of the stories, but I personally never got into comic books. But it was the MCU that really kind of introduced me to this real, the full world of Marvel, right? Besides, I mean, we had X-Men, of course. But for me, I never really considered Marvel X-Men to a certain degree. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I just considered just X-Men as his own thing. Huh, right? okay. I, knew, I knew it's Marvel, but I never really associated with the bigger picture. Just, okay, it's X-Men. I loved X-Men. You know, the cartoon back in the day in the 90s, I loved that, you know, when that, when yeah, that came out. Um, and I was like, man, I, that's when I really started loving some of the superhero stuff, right? I was getting to that age almost. But uh, yeah, for me, it's, it's been MCU, man. I think that's been, I think for a lot of people too, has been the MCU has kind of introduced the casual fan to this, this world of Marvel, which you guys obviously more <laughs> more knowledge of than I do. I mean, dude, just to kind of give you an idea of how much of a, like I was reading Spider-Man comic books uh, when I was like in elementary school and kind of a weird like tangential story about this um a couple of years ago me and some friends uh omar was one of them we were starting a like our own independent indie comic book company and one of the first cons we went to uh we didn't know at the time was also coinciding with stan lee's birthday party and so they were going to have a, a special birthday party for stan lee and all the people who worked for comic book companies were invited to go well, because we were there promoting our book, we technically were classified as a comic book company. So we got invited to Stanley's 75th birthday party. Wow. And uh, when we were there, uh, you know, we got to see Stan and he gave a speech. And, I, you know, I got to meet him a little later on. I shook his hand. But when I was like waiting my turn to shake his hand, I saw him talking to another dude, more or less the same age as Stan. And then he left and I talked to Stan a little bit. And then I went to go to the open bar because I have a problem. So I went to the open bar and the guy in front of me, 
was the guy that was talking to Stan. So I'm like, you know, I'm never going to see these guys ever again. I don't know. So let me just strike a conversation. So I introduced myself and I said that he, I mentioned, he, I saw him talking to Stan. I was like, how do you guys know each other? And he said, uh, I used to draw Spider-Man. And I'm like, what did you draw? He goes, I used to draw the web of Spider-Man, which was the first Spider-Man series that I got into. So I was like, what run of the series did you draw? And he goes, 27 through 42. And I went, wait a minute. Did you draw Web of Spider-Man number 37, where Peter Parker is moving into his new apartment for the first time, and his landlord is part of the housewarming party that he has, and he spikes the punch, so Peter's unintentionally getting drunk, and then when he goes to fight Hobgoblin, he's getting his ass kicked up front because he, he doesn't know he's drunk until it's too late, and then he's got to figure out how to stop him while being drunk, and he goes, yeah, and I go, dude, that was my first Spider-Man comic book, and I remember reading going, oh my god, Spider-Man's drunk, it's like he's my dad. <laughs> So, and the guy didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he actually just hugged me. He told me it's going to be okay. It was like a whole scene from... from uh, <laughs> How do I turn this into a son. comfortable situation? Yeah, it, 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 he, he came by Robin Williams. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> My own little Goodwill hunting. From from everything we've been collecting, and I don't know if you collect the, the issues anymore. Do you, Omar? You know, funny enough, um, I, I stopped... A long time ago. So after after I graduated and moved to uh, to New York, I pretty much sold all the comic books that I had, which, you know, to this day, I'm crying inside. Oh, right. I'm right there with you. I get it. I, when I became a dad, um, I, I sold a lot of my, like 90% yeah, of my collection. So, yeah, I get yeah, you. Yeah, man. I, I kept like a few of them, like some of my like favorite ones, but like the majority of, of my stash was like gone. Right. Um, but up until I, I'd say about, I don't know, maybe three months ago, I've actually started uh, collecting again. Um, nice. So right now, it's it's been more about, like, I've recently started getting into the CGC stuff, uh -huh. um, which is all kind of new to me. Right. Um, so it's interesting to, to kind of see that. But I have been going back and, like, collecting, like, some of the ones that I've had before. Um, like, some of those older, like, X-Men and uh, getting some of, like, the... Um, uh, X Factor, X Force, and stuff like that. Um, That's yeah. Ma mainly just following like a lot of the artists that you know that I like from back. So, then. are you doing uh, the CGC single issues just for like this, like almost like for the framing of it? Like I have this now, or are you also doing like trades? Like I, I want to get this run just to cover this this story that I really like. No, more just like the single issues. I I, I kind of like the way that they're presented in the CGC casings and stuff. Nice. I kind of see them as like uh, an investment, also. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I make a little bit more money now, so I can I can. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of uh, afford to get you know something a, a little bit nicer. Um, it's Disney but, daughters, yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Again, but, um, whatever. <laughs> but that's great, but, man. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, a lot of the getting into like the variants and stuff, variant covers and things. Like that's that's all. Awesome. I I I'm I've been doing a little bit of that with like action figures now. Uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm getting ready to kind of go back into I, I when I sold my collection, I, I, I basically made a promise to myself. I was like, when I start getting to a place where things are getting a little bit better, which thankfully are um, one of my things is, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to buy back a lot of the key issues uh, and yeah. then get them graded or already buy them graded and take care of that. Right. But right, right. my my number, but my ideal goal is I want to collect a certain run to have just all the single issues so that I can read. Mm -hmm. And the run is from issue 200 of uncanny x-men to issue 300 like to me that was the most incredible run that i've ever read like and i know 
like the Dark Phoenix saga happened in the in the in the in the early one forties and that kind of stuff. And you know, I didn't I never I didn't get to experience that when it was coming out on a monthly basis. So I kind of yeah. always see the 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 Dark Phoenix saga as like an overall story. Like, to me, it should be in a trade because that's how I, as I first took it in, and I can't see it any other way. But like from two hundred to three hundred, like there's yeah. so many amazing stuff that I went through, like the the fall of the mutants and the mutant massacre. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and uh, and extinction agenda and yeah. and like uh, uh, all that was so insane that I like I remember so, you know they that's that's when they introduced like Gambit and they introduced mm-hmm. like Sabretooth like in turn like the the Marvel universe mainly uh you you, you had uh, you got to see uh, Mister Sinister like there were so many major mm-hmm. villains and stuff that got, came in through that run that I I can't think of anyone that like has been that insane like i feel like there's been runs where a lot of stuff has happened but it just felt like stuff that happened but like that 100 issue run of the x-men felt like like seismic in terms of like how stories are told to the point that you can see elements of what they did in that in that 100 issues in comic books today of what what's coming out because it's it's it was so impactful you know what i mean yeah yeah there's a ton of stuff in that in that run for sure um yeah, two forty two. I think I think it's two forty two where uh, where they first introduced Jubilee. I think. Uh, I th- if I'm not mistaken. I think um, I think you're right about that. It might be two forty two. I might have my numbers crossed, but it might be two forty two. Yeah, know. that was. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's that was uh, Jubilee. You know, Jubilee in the beginning, she was dope, man. Like, uh, it kind of got meandered a little bit, but like that first initial, like how she got into the X-Men was actually really cool because she wasn't recruited. She snuck in. <laughs> she, you know, they, they were literally hiding out for everyone, pretending they were dead. And she saw them and she like jumped in afterwards because she saw there were mutants too. And she's like, oh shit. And she went with them. And she kind of like, like piggybacked. They, they, they didn't recruit her at all. Like she wasn't like, we got to get her on the team. It was like, no, like how did you find us? It was more their reaction than everything else. So uh, she was a really fun character in that dynamic of it. Like, you know, they, you know, I mean, in the comparison of like, you got Jubilee, you got Bishop, you got Gambit. Like those are all like major yeah. characters that came through that run. That yeah, you, it, it, overall, it, it, can you imagine watching the X Men cartoon without Jubilee being sort of like in, for the for the nineties the the nineties voice of reason of kids? Like <laughs> like you know when she freaks out when she sees a Sentinel, that's how all of us would act if we saw a Sentinel at her age. Like and, and so yeah we. Uh, so like uh, that uh, uh, that whole thing, I thought I thought it worked great. I thought she was a great voice for that moment in time. Just like, oh, I just looked it up. It's uh, I think it's two forty four. Two forty four. So there you go. Two forty four. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was it, off by two. No, it, it, it still counts. It's that's fine. <laughs> I, I, no, it was a holiday against you. But yeah, they got, that that was that that was one. Of the, she was a, a great character, and I loved her with the, what they did with her eventually. With like when she was in Generation X, I thought that was once again Generation X was like the first X Men type comic where I got really into it. Kind of felt like I owned it a little bit. Like I felt like X Men introduced me to world, but I felt ownership like connection with like Generation X, and I thought Jubilee was fantastic in that in that book. Was there was there a book of that Marvel did that made you feel like this this is my book? Like I I, I feel personally connected to this uh to this title it was always just like just a, a fun read for you um no i mean not nothing specific that i can think of i you know for me uh growing up and collecting you know x-men and you know various other books it was like for me primarily it was always about the art mm-hmm. um yeah i just i loved following certain artists um and whatever they did uh so i never had like 
a specific book that that I was really connected to. I mean, I obviously I love like Uncanny X Men and then the second run of X Men that Jim Lee started. Yeah. Um, and you know, but for me, it was always about following like what artists was on it and uh, if it was you know somebody that particularly liked uh, their art style. Now, you were saying that, you know, the thing that appealed to you for Marvel versus DC was just the fact that, like, there were, there were the, the, not only the designs, but, like, the, the characterization of these, of these people. They, they acted more human, and because of their, they, they, they had to deal with things differently, they came off more badass because they had to overcome so much, you know? Um, yeah. I think one of the things that, and Jose, you, uh, maybe you, you kind of get this too, like, one of the things that I always liked about Spider-Man as a character is the fact that, he was like the character like everyone goes for the model of like where great power comes great responsibility and to me what made spider-man so badass was just that spider-man's model was basically like no matter how hard you get knocked down you get back up yeah i mean i love spider-man he out of all i mean i love batman superman all that but spider-man was the most relatable hero i saw right because he was almost embodiment of who we were at that age right we all wanted to be that was a hero we thought we all could be we couldn't be batman Right, it's not possible because you know the money. We're not going to be Superman, but Spider-Man was the guy you can kind of see yourself actually becoming, you know, to a certain sense, and right. act and act like he did because he was he was a teenager. Yeah, right, and he, and the, and you just relate to that. It's just something so related. It's like okay, you, you I liked him because of that. I mean, he wasn't the bad, the most the best superhero, the most badass, but he was just so cool because of that. I I love the fact that Spider-Man, uh, no matter how hard he tried, uh, life just kicked him in the balls all the time. And he just had to be like, God, jeez, ah, like it, it never worked out, no matter how hard he tried. And sometimes he would get caught up in his own bullshit, and that's what screwed it up. And, and like, I mean, <laughs> how is that not the most relatable circumstance ever? We like, all do the same thing, right? And, and, all and like, yeah. so you're suddenly you reading him going like, "What are you doing?" And it's only because you could see from the outside in. But if you were there, like, I'd probably be doing the same thing. Like, exactly. Holy <laughs> like it, it, it was, it was fantastic. I thought that was one of the most relatable, like. Uh, characters just because you know you're right you, you not everyone would be superman or batman but all of us would have like an automatic 75 percent of spider-man on us you know like just in terms of like who he was how he acted what he was trying to do whether he succeeded or failed like omar what character and this is kind of an interesting character uh, question for you what was the marvel hero that you found the most relatable uh, either because of like the design or the or the character, and then what was the villain you found most interesting? It could be from any title, but like just in mm-hmm. terms of, like what what you what you liked or were drawn to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of you know going back once again to X Men, mm-hmm. uh, Colossus for me was was huge. Yeah, I mean and literally you know. Right? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I I just I love the idea of of Colossus man that he could like transform his skin to like the impenetrable you know sort of like metal. I thought that was just dope. Um, But, you know, as later on, it's like, but you start kind of putting like, um, you know, you start thinking about, well, dang, if he, if his skin was metal, how in the hell did he bend his arms? You know, you start, (laughs) you start start questioning stuff like that, but you know, we can't, we can't make everything, you know, not everything has to make sense. Right. Right. 
Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Colossus for me was was dope. Did um, it work that he was an artist as well? You felt a kinship, like oh, that dude draws exactly, too. So yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. See, all right. that, that was definitely another part of it. As far as a villain, probably Sabretooth. I think Sabretooth was uh, probably the one for me. Uh, I thought he was cool as shit. So is a goddamn psychopath? Is what he was. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, he was he was the one. I mean, for me, it was like the one guy that you know Wolverine like gave him a little bit of a run for his money. So, yeah, yeah, he was probably. I love Colossus in the in the video game. Remember that one, uh, Eric? Oh, this, which, with the 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 team X Men game. Arcade, yeah, yeah, that was, that was yeah, great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, Colossus was aside from Wolverine. Oh, I I always feel like Wolverine in a video game doesn't really count. It's like choosing Ryu in Street Fighter. It's, well, I you know, know. It's, Sub Zero and what yeah, I get it. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's almost like too comp. So I feel like it's gonna be a different dynamic. Like, well, like just to let you know, like when it comes to X Men, one of my favorite characters is Banshee. And I know I'm a huge minority, but wow. I I love you ever. <laughs> I like running around the house screaming. Is that no, yeah, I do. It's fantastic. Like, but like okay. I, I just love the dynamic of like of like his power, like what he can do. Like you know when when they were when when I was reading uh, something about when they were explaining how powerful his scream was, and he, and he had he said I have to control myself because if I if I scream too hard, I can literally destroy the tops of mountains. Like that to me, I was like, holy shit! Like it blew my mind. Like how powerful that must have been, and then uh, I love the, the the design of like the yellow and black wings he has as gliders. I, I that, that's one of the reasons why yeah. I thought X Men First Class was so cool is because I I finally got a cool Banshee. They killed him in, in Days of Future Past, which is such a huge <laughs> bummer. But like I was like I got one good Banshee movie, so I, I really like I really like that. But like one of my favorite characters, and maybe it's because of like how I got into Batman. I thought Daredevil was uh, an amazing, is an amazing character. It's still my favorite character. My son's name is Matthew, and his middle name is Murdoch. So like I'm like I'm all in it to win it when it wow. comes. Yeah. So I like I I really love Daredevil as a character, and maybe it's because I'm yeah. Catholic and I make a lot of mistakes and I have huge amounts of guilt. Maybe that's my connection point to everything. Uh, but uh, and, but yeah, like I I always found like Daredevil was such an like. That's why, like, when people talk about Daredevil, they'll talk about Frank Miller's run on Daredevil and how insane it was. I'm like, that, that I, once again, I never, I was not alive to read uh, Frank Miller's, uh, uh, I was not collecting and alive at the time to get that full run, but I read, like, Brian Michael Bendis' run on Daredevil, and it felt, from what I've been told, it, it Frank Miller's run felt like Bendis' run. Like, it was that kind of like, holy crap, what are they doing? And it, it, it that, the fact you have a character that you can do so much with him and not feel like a batman ripoff it was it was mm-hmm. insane and then you know you, you make it, to have daredevil then as a villain you have villains like bullseye which is an amazing amazing uh, uh villain uh you know if you got to see daredevil season three you got to see just a, a taste of what bullseye could be and uh and like I, I i was i was up for all that and for me uh, one of my favorite villains that they have not done in the movies uh, yet, but is my favorite Marvel villain is Doctor Doom. I, I love Doctor oh, Doom. Yeah. He is like you know I I talked about about him a little earlier. Just like the fact that he's he's so smart, but for some reason he's he's technically the second smartest tech guy and the second smartest magic guy. But because he mixed the two together, he is a dude that no one can truly handle. Like I love that aspect of him, where you know. He's so smart, but he he know deep down inside he knows he has limitations. So he just expands to different fields to make up for what limitations he has, and that catches other people off guard. Like I love that aspect of what a true 
super evil genius villain could be. And uh, to me, like yes. the, Dr. Doom is hands down one of the best, if not the best. And for you, Jose, because, you know, you're mostly a movie guy, but you got a little bit of, uh, you know, some of the games have have different villains. Like what are the heroes and villains that you found most interesting from the Marvel Universe? Well, I'll say this real quick first, though, because going back to Daredevil, because I knew when we first met, I think I, I knew how much of a big fan you were, Daredevil. Yeah. Because you were probably one out of, well, probably the only one, let's be honest, who actually liked the Ben Affleck version of Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, that's a fan uh, right I, there. That's I, I, I got to cut this interview. I got to cut this uh, interview. Hey, 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 hey. No one's doing it anyway. <laughs> And if you remember, Say, listen, if, if you remember, my 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 uh, my my one uh, thing that justifies why I like this so much is that I was really into the Batman movies, and the Batman movies did such a hard turn into garbage that after watching Daredevil, I was like, that it's not Joe Schumacher. He doesn't have nipples on his costume. This is as close as I'm gonna get to a decent. Like vigilante movie, and he's bad Daredevil. So yeah, I was in. Listen, that movie for me was like the Jar Jar Binks of Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone liked him, but come on. I, oh, Eric, full, come look, on. full disclosure, I didn't like Jar Jar Binks. So <laughs> just putting it out there, not a fan. But I, I, I for at the time, I did like the Daredevil. I actually liked the director's cut of Daredevil more. Then the other one, I felt a little bit, uh, the, the, the theater, the one released in, in theaters was a little bit like, oh, it's good, but not. But the director's cut actually was a, a better take on it. But once again, the director's cut of Daredevil is like the Snyder cut of Batman v Superman. It, it's not going to change minds. It's, it's just going to explain a little bit more. It's just longer. <laughs> it's just a longer okay. version Fine. to reinforce how you felt. Like, ah, there you go. See, he did a thing. So I, I'm, I, I, I'm okay with that. I've, I've come to terms. I've accepted myself. But yes, but not on to your uh, opinions, who no one cares anyway. But go, tell me what your favorite <laughs> hero is and your villain, you douche. Go. Oh, man. It, for, for, it, it's a toss. I've got to go with Batman for me, just personally, just overall. Just, Marvel, you dummy. Well, Marvel, yeah. it's, it's still Batman, then. <laughs> it's still, um, it's a crossover. That's how awesome he is, dude. You want to see a Batman crossover? Come I would on. love to see a Batman yeah. crossover on Marvel. Instead of Peter Evan uh, showing up at WandaVision this weekend, what if it was Ben Affleck or something? It was Batman. Christian Bale. You're Christian Bale. Christian and I'm Bale like, I'm in. I'm Michael in. Keaton. I mean, come on now. Um, as far as Marvel, I'll, I'll say Spider-Man. Like we talked about earlier. He's just, to me, he's my favorite. He was the one I, I just, as a growing up, related to him the most. Um, you know, I remember the, the stupid little... I'm dating myself here, but they had the show way back in the day called Electric Company. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and they had the, the, the stupid Spider-Man thing that they did, and I just loved that. Oh, my God, he's the greatest thing ever. Um, and, and luckily, they've done him right in the movies for the most part, uh, except Spider-Man 3. No emo Peter Parker. Just, <laughs> or, or or both um, Amazing Spider-Mans. That, that was, uh, that was I, I didn't mind the first one. The second one was atrocious. Yeah, the second atrocious. one was pretty bad. You know you're in a bad Spider-Man movie when the best part is Paul Giamatti in a rhino cyborg suit. Oh, God. <laughs> if that was the best one. Wow. <laughs> as bad as he was, he was better than Jimmy Fox. I, I'll give you that. That's oh, yeah, man. Jim, <laughs> can we talk about uh, this thing that I've seen in so many superhero movies that it's getting upsetting, which is the nerdy person who like like fan obsesses over a hero and then becomes a villain like i don't understand oh like 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 i i the marvel and dc have both done it but yeah, like they're all guilty of it they're all guilty it's not like one doesn't another, another. Yeah, yeah. but I, I i i will say like dc's done it more than marvel and when marvel does it it feels like like even when you watch amazing spider-man 2 like it feels like amazing spider-man 2 is a sequel to the amazing spider-man but everything with jamie fox 
feels like Joel Schumacher Joel directed Schumacher. that. Exactly. It yeah. is weird, like that disconnect of tone and like of characterization. Oh. And yeah, I, I, it, it was it's so. so and, I, and I know there's a lot of superhero tropes of like the nerdy guy who gets powers, but yeah. like I rather a nerdy guy who gets powers and then becomes a thing, and not a nerdy guy who's like who's like a hair away from becoming the lady who shot Selena. Uh, you know, <laughs> and now he has powers. Like, holy shit! Like, unless you're gonna do that version where she's the fan of the, they're like the fan of the uh, the, uh, the president of the fan club, and they're kind of already connected to the hero, and then they get powers, and that makes them go crazy for whatever the case is. That's yeah. better than just tangentially seeing someone for a second, and then like, oh, now you, I want to wear your skin like my face. Like, that's not, it's too much. I, I, I don't like that trope. I, I, I'm glad that at least in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, they've never done something like that because I, I feel like it's just an embarrassment of like of what we consider nerds are versus what what a villain should be, you know? Uh, agreed. Um, actually, Omar, I, I want to ask you a question because I know you you seem to be a pretty big X Men X Men fan. What in terms of the movie itself? What was your favorite X Men movie property? I guess favorite X Men movie. Um... I'd have to say the one with Apocalypse, probably. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> edit, edit okay. out, edit out. I did, I did, I did. O Omar's a huge Isaac, uh, Oscar Isaac fan, so... <laughs> Apparently. He, yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, man, I, I, definitely uh, one of the later ones, um, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank with the titles now. Was it First Class or... Yeah, First Class, First Class, First class yeah. Okay. First Class is definitely one of them. Yeah, I, Days of Future Past was also super solid as as far as that was pretty good too. Yeah, and the and X Men Two when they introduced Nightcrawler, that opening cold cold open with Nightcrawler that was pretty dope too. Awesome. That, yeah. like, but everything uh, X Men, the first X Men, I think it, it's good, but it's compared good. to what they when they get it like a hundred percent right, it kind of yeah. it kind of drops down a second bit. But compared to when they get it totally wrong, it's a solid movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that apocalypse one was a hit, man. Oh. Uh, it was a hit in the face. It was a. And then they punch it in the throat, and then the ball. I say Logan's my favorite one. That's still X Men. Logan's solid. Logan is solid, man. Logan's dope. Logan's dope. I love Logan. Yeah, and even the second one's okay too. But yeah, see, I would consider that more of a Wolverine movie, though. It is, but it's in the world. It's there, I guess. You know, you got look. You got Xavier Caliban. You got you got Pierce, which is a Reaver. Like it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty X Men. There's, a, there's, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of fingers in there. Uh, being about like what Marvel has, uh, you know, what you found relatable, what you liked about it, you know, even how it's impacted uh, your your life and you know got you into the industry and what you're doing uh, with all the stuff that's coming up now with Marvel. Uh, and we'll keep it for the, the thing you're more involved in right now, which is like the cinematic universe. And we kind of you know what the slate's coming up. What is coming up that you are personally excited about that that you're that you can't wait to see? Whether it's one of the TV series or one of the movies, or even something that they haven't announced. Are you like, I, I hope that eventually we get to this. Is there is there anything out there that you're looking forward to, or what you hope comes out later on? Uh, I don't know if there's anything specific that you know I'm kind of like on the edge of my seat for. Um, I'd love to see what they're going to do with uh, the next Venom stuff. Um, that that seems kind of interesting. I thought the first one was like, eh, I don't know. It, it, I, don't, I didn't think it was a there was a great job done there, but right. I, I'd I'd love to see Carnage stuff coming up. Well, Woody Harrelson's Carnage. Like, if anyone could could do a, a fun Carnage, I think Woody Harrelson is a is a really fun oh, choice. Love, yeah, Woody's great. I love Woody. Mm -hmm. 
Especially yeah. after you watch stuff like 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 uh, what was the the true romance? Not true romance. What was the Natural Born Killers? Natural Born Killers. Yeah, like that. Like uh, if, if they make if they make his uh, his Cletus Cassidy like in the vein of that, ah, forget it. I'm I'm in. That's that that would be fantastic. But Venom, but Venom is your go-to. And if, if is there something that a character or or something that they have not introduced yet? They're like, I really am looking forward to seeing this character on either the plus or or as a movie. You know, I'd love to see them do something with the Hulk. I don't know. They they. I feel like he needs to have his own little spinoff thing after. Yeah. I mean, you know, they they've done the previous one, the Incredible Hulks, and 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 the Hulk one, and you know, with yeah. Lee, which t- that was uh, yeah, <laughs> not even was, was yeah. not was not good. No, um, that's so the Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that could be. Yeah. You may be right. Nice, thank you. Yeah, I, I'd love I'd love for them to to revive like, you know, bring something that that kind of really shows like a good you know sort of representation of what of could, the Hulk could you imagine uh mark ruffalo doing like joe fix it gray hulk mm, no oh no you would really no i yeah. I, I was kind of like that'd be like a really fun different type of hulk that we haven't seen yet mm-hmm. that almost like gangster dirty kind of like a you know like anti-hero hulk i i mm-hmm. like I, I i don't see uh, the bouncer doing like that I I, th- I thought it'd be I thought it'd be a fun I, I, to me if, if they did a Hulk movie because we already got like the angry Hulk and we yeah. we just got smart Hulk the the two other Hulks that they haven't done that I would like to see something would be the Joe Fixit Gray Hulk and then the World mm-hmm. War Hulk which I've never if you if you got to yeah. World War Hulk but that like that but that's yeah. you got like a little hint of that you got a little taste in the Thor yeah. in Thor yeah but I would love to yeah. see like a straight up like World War Hulk that, against the world like that would be amazing that would uh, be dope like Hulk. Well, yeah, but she, yeah, it's gonna be a She-Hulk series. You know, you'll get a you'll get a little yeah. bit of it, but like a straight yeah. on Hulk movie, I would go. Where I go, uh-huh. I would love a World War Hulk. And if they couldn't do World War Hulk, give me a, a Gray Hulk, Joe Fixit, uh, sort of like like a like a crime uh, war kind of situation. Uh, you know, which sounds crazy doing a Hulk crime yeah. war, but they did it and it worked really well in the book. So I know there's potential for it. I, yeah, I think uh, not 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 to you know rain on almost parade, but I think that they can't do a Hulk standalone contractually. Oh, um, really? Because, mm. yeah, Universal, from my understanding, is they have the rights to that in terms of the movie. Uh, so they have okay. to get their permission. Yeah, Marvel has the comic version, uh, uh, the toy, everything else. Just yeah. the film rights actually are, I believe, is Universal. It's so, universal. yeah, that, that's why they had issue. If you look at the back of the first Marvel one, the Universal was involved in that. Um, mm-hmm. But since then, it's just, which is why they can't do it. It's like, you know, don't mm. throw in these other movies because that's all they can use the character. So they use them like in team movies and that kind of stuff. Right. But they, not they have, as yeah, a, they can use the character, ah, but the full okay. form. That, that was their understanding. That, well, that contract may have ended, but I mean, that was a contract yeah. at least when it first started out. So that, could, that may have yeah. changed, but I don't think it has. Yeah, because that was, that was kind of the issue with uh, Spider Man, right? And Sony. Same, same right. kind of thing. Uh, yes, same yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that was, and, and they, they didn't want to give it up, sell it like that for right. obvious reasons. So. I mean, they'll buy it eventually, but it's just a matter of time. Yeah. It's eventually, so. yeah. And I guess that contract may have ended, but I, that's, that wasn't like, at least three, four years ago, that was the yeah. understanding. So. How about you, Jose? What is there? Is there a, a, a character or one of the upcoming fr- franchises you're uh, excited about seeing or something you would like to see in the future that haven't announced as of yet? I'm curious about the Eternals. I don't know. I don't know much about it, mm-hmm. but it's. It, I, I've heard enough to where it's like, okay, that's kind of different to some degree, more in the vein of a Guardians as far as you know, galactic kind of thing, space world mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So I'm curious. That's a great cast. I'm really want. I just want to see at least a trade. I want to get an idea what this actually looks like. But that's the one. Like, if I choose one of the next four or five movies coming out, I can only see one. That'll be the one I probably want to see. All right. All right. Eternals. That's yeah. good. I, I'm. I'm looking forward to uh, Moon Knight. Um, once again, they're kind of like in that vein of Batman that I, uh, I really, uh, uh, talking about character design, I think that dude looks amazing. Uh, 
uh, you know, and, and the whole multiple uh, personality associated disorder uh, that makes him such a different kind of uh, hero altogether. You know, like a lot of people talk about DC a little bit. They'll say like, oh, Batman and Superman are those great enemies that are best friends. I would love to see like a, a Moon Knight uh, series that also has like the Sentry, which is like Marvel's uh, Superman, but he's also psychologically broken and have a movie where two heroes are just completely messed in the head, but they're still trying to do the right thing. Like, I think that'd be a really fun kind of like uh, secondary project if they're able to merge those two guys together. But like, uh, I love Moon Knight. I love it. Can't wait to see what the show looks like. And as a character, kind of what I just mentioned right now, I'm a big fan of The Century. I don't know if you guys have read The Century, but uh, The Century is a dude who can transform his body to become Superman. But the the catch to his power is that he also has like a, uh, um, because when he becomes a Century, he's like this being of pure good and pure light uh psychologically uh it also creates an, uh, a secondary personality in his brain called the void which is all darkness and every time he becomes the sentry the void finds a way to sneak out and cause something of equal negativity to what the sentry has done for positivity so like if the sentry catches an airplane uh from crashing into a stadium the when the void escapes he'll sink a submarine and crash it into uh, like a, a cruise ship and have both of them die, huh. you know. So it's 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 that kind of like give and take to the to the characters, and I I'd love to see uh, both them do a century movie and then see uh, what they do with Moon Knight because if they're gonna ha- keep with Moon Knight with the fact that you know he's got different personalities, who have different wants and needs, and he's technically fighting against himself sometimes while trying to do right. I would love to see how they handle the century of like making a Superman that is his own. Uh, uh, for lack of a better term, his own nuclear man or his own doc- uh, General Zod, where he's just an evil version of himself, and you know, having to try to will both of them to either stay apart or work together. Like I, I would love to see that because that would be something you haven't seen before. Is is the psychological aspect of a broken Superman? So I'd love to see that. That would be my 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 one new take of what has not been announced. I'd love to see. But coming up, Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. Super excited about that. It's one of the reasons why I got Disney Plus. So I'm I'm really excited about that. Oh, and, uh, Omar, Omar, you should be excited about Moon Knight. And Oscar Isaac, I heard this might be his best work since Apocalypse. Connection, that connection's there. You mean, I mean, you know, I mean, to say it's, they, they they're both from Egypt, so it kind of <laughs> makes sense. They, you know, I'm just saying, all the elements are there. Maybe it's him as Moon Knight. What a twist! <laughs> Talk about multiverses. Now we're getting somewhere, guys. Thank you. So so much for both coming out omar thank you so much for being a guest of the show man we really appreciate it uh omar why don't you tell the people what your what your instagram accounts are if they want to see some postings of like some of your artwork and what you have out going out there oh yeah yeah absolutely um so instagram account is uh my homie omi uh my homie <laughs> underscore omi and uh if you want to see some of my work also online um i have a website at uh omar.sancristobal at g at uh dot com omar dot omar.sancristobal.com very cool and it, it, would you, is there any of your artwork for sale or can they purchase it or just for viewing or that kind of thing uh mainly for viewing yeah it's just okay. stuff that i kind of post up there just to cool. you know kind of recent things that i work on and whatnot um i'll do like commissions every now and then but yeah most of the stuff is all right cool well guys if you like what omar has to do you know hit him up for a commission and i guarantee you as as someone who uh omar has been gracious enough to do some pieces for it they are literally amazing arts works of art you cannot it's just fantastic so you will not be disappointed 
He's, he's fantastic. Go check out his stuff for sure. Uh, Jose, uh, where can the people see you? Uh, they can catch me in my other podcast, The Real Mentors Podcast, R-E-E-L, Mentors. We talk about movies, TV, primarily focusing on TV, what to watch and not to watch in streaming. Oh, very cool. And guys, you can check me out at ericdasilva.com. Oh, you also buy my album, Adorably Offensive, uh, which is available right now on all whatever you download albums. You can get it there. Uh, but guys, that has been Nerd Splaining. Thank you so much once again, Omar and Cristobal, for having me on the show. Thank you so much, dude. It was a pleasure, as always. Uh, I'd love to have you back sometime. Jose, thank you so much for, for being here and just proving that I'm smarter than you. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> and uh, guys, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. That, guys, this has been our Marvel episode, and this has been Nerd Splaining. If you don't know, now you know. Awesome. Thanks, guys.